before Malcolm comes and, and uh, gives us the word, uh, there's a, a reading, which uh, hopefully will appear on here as well. Uh, and it's from Romans, and chapter 8, uh, reading from verse 14. Romans 8, 14. For those who are led by the Spirit of God are the children of God. The spirit you receive does not make you slaves so that you live in fear again. Rather, the spirit you received brought about your adoption to sonship. And by him, we cry, Abba, Father. The spirit himself testifies with our spirit that we are God's children. Now, if we are children, then we are heirs, heirs of God and co-heirs with Christ. If indeed we share in his sufferings, in order that we may also share in his glory. I consider that our present sufferings are not worth comparing with the glory that will be revealed in us. For the creation waits in eager expectation for the children of God to be revealed. For the creation was subjected to frustration, not by its own choice, but by the will of one who subjected it in hope that the creation itself will be liberated from its bondage to decay and brought into the freedom and glory of the children of God. We know that the whole creation has been groaning as in the pains of childbirth right up to the present time. Not only so, but we ourselves who have the first fruits of the Spirit groan inwardly as we wait eagerly for our adoption to sonship, the redemption of our bodies. For in this hope we were saved. But hope that is seen is no hope at all. Who hopes for what they already have? But if we hope for what we do not yet have, we wait for it patiently. We ask God to bless the reading of his word. Amen. Amen. And pray for Malcolm as he comes on. Father God, bless Malcolm as he brings your word now. Fill him with your spirit, anoint him to speak powerfully the truth that you have. In Jesus' name. Amen. Thank you. Thank you for this lovely month. It's always a delight to be here. It's been right at home when I come here. Thank you for, for the invitation. Let's pray that God will uh, use my words in a powerful way to bless. Now tell me, if you knew that something absolutely powerfully amazing, absolutely incredibly wonderful is going to happen tomorrow, would it affect the way that you live today? And I don't just mean the children going back to school. Would it, would it make a real difference? Would you be super excited? Would you be longing for the next day to come? Hardly able to sleep the night before. A bit like a, a small child on Christmas Eve, you know, that excited wonderful things are going to happen. The thought of this good thing would be very much in your mind over the days leading up to this wonderful event. No, no matter what problems came your way, they would be minor in comparison with the big highlight that is about to come. In many ways, that's the essence of the message that Paul is giving us this morning. Now, there are church groups out there who say quite happily that uh, you can expect a problem-free life with everything you want, you know, the so-called prosperity gospel. But sadly, that really isn't what the Bible teaches us. And as we saw from the passage today, you know, 
We are told that we are heirs of God and co-heirs with Christ that we share in his sufferings in order that we may share his glory, which is that of the wonderful news. So even though things are difficult at the moment, you know, thinking of the poor people in Ukraine, uh, the people in Turkey and Syria following the earthquake, okay, it's dropped out of the news, but the people there are still suffering. And within us, you know, there are people here, I'm sure, with health issues, maybe relationship issues, and maybe difficulties even within the church community. And sadly, you know, we all suffer loss, we all suffer bereavement, you know, we lose people we love. People here may have financial difficulties, all that's going on with the cost of living crisis. You know, things can be pretty tough. So tough, in fact, that it's often possible that we forget or put to the back of our minds the glorious future that does actually await us. Now, Paul, the, the writer of Romans, suffered massively during his life. He was stoned, he was shipwrecked, he was put in prison multiple times. So Paul, you know, it's not belittling how awful suffering is. You know, suffering is real. It can really hurt. But there's something that's even more real that's coming. These present sufferings will pass, and they don't compare to the glory that will be revealed at some point. Now, if you can imagine it like, like a set of scales, all the bad stuff on one side, which to us feels incredibly weighty, but in God's scheme of things, you know, it's fairly light. And on the other side of the scale, we've got the overpoweringly massive glory that's, that is to come. And you can imagine if that was to happen, the glory side would actually drop through the floor. It really is that amazing. But the Bible often speaks of glory. But what is this glory all about? What do we understand by glory? Well, the Bible speaks that the day will come when we will meet Jesus face to face. We will be transformed. Our bodies will be renewed. and will be perfect in every way, in just the same way that he also is perfect. So no more aches and pains, no more suffering, no more tears, no more fear. Nothing evil will remain. It will be creation as it was meant to be. Totally magnificent. And it is coming. It is inevitable. It's going to be here. I don't know if you've ever seen the film, The uh, Best Exotic Marigold Hotel. Chris has seen it. Well, my favourite line from that film comes the hotel owner, where he says, everything will be all right in the end. Can you finish it? And if it's not all right, it's not the end. And that's almost, that's approaching what Paul is saying here. Saying no, no matter how bad things are now, everything will be so much, much, much better in the end. If it's not there, it isn't the end. So when will the problems of this world end? Well, we know that a day is coming when it will be over. A day that many scholars, Bible scholars, feel isn't that far away. You know, the return of the Lord is approaching. And the passage speaks of creation, suffering and groaning, as in the pains of childbirth. And it's a very sort of realistic, painful, gripping sort of pain. Now, in the beginning, God created everything and it was perfect. But due to the rebellion of people, the first people, a sort of circle of life came into being. A circle of conception, birth, growth, decline, decay, death. So it goes on, conception, birth, growth, decline, decay, death. Now, creation is waiting in eager expectation sons of God and the daughters of God books to be revealed when liberation from this circle takes place 
And it's only when the children of Adam, that's us, become the true children of God that these things will happen. So it may appear to be a bit of a, a groundhog day description to use yet another movie of these circles. A circle of delay, of decay, a circle of creation. Almost like another day in lockdown, another day where good things don't happen. Just a gradual move towards death. And it looks circular. The world around us sees it as this circular pattern of birth and eventually death. But that isn't the way God planned it to be. God planned it to be linear. Children living with him into eternity, going on and on, not this circle of death. It's like a student, you know, creation is like a student waiting for the exam results, or a, or a child on school parents' day waiting for the parents to come home. You know, their, their necks were stretched out in eager excitement, waiting to hear the good news. So it is with creation. Creation is sitting there, decimated by pollution, torn apart by the actions of people with its yeah, metaphorical neck stretched out, waiting to see the first children of God revealed. So the creation itself can be liberated from this bondage of decay. You know, the great hope is coming, but at the moment it's groaning in the pains of childbirth. Now I'm very fortunate, I've been very blessed, and I've been through the experience of childbirth three times. Um, I hate to well, as an observer, rather than being actually there, but I, I was blessed three times to be here. It was absolutely awful to see Anne in such pain. She was my superwoman then and is now. But the pain is definitely positive. I've probably upset every mother in the room now by, by saying this. Seeing as a remote participant, it is very positive. Positive because we were expecting the birth. Of course, once the baby arrives, the joy is so overwhelming that the pain is forgotten until the next baby is due. You can't quite get over it. So uh, what Paul is telling us in this part of Romans is that we as believers are children of God. We're privileged by the Spirit of God and on Jesus' death on the cross to have that wonderful time. But creation is now waiting. It's waiting for the changes and waiting with eager longing. It's as if the waters of childbirth have broken, the contractions have begun, the midwife has been summoned, she's on the way. Nature is just waiting for the appearance of the children of God on the return of Jesus. Now worthy in many ways are the campaigns of the environmentalists to try and stop the destruction of nature, they're working hard to do it. But I would say it's not environmentalism that will save the world, it's evangelism. The children of God are brought to Christ by the teaching of the gospel, the good news, and the fact that we can see the creation around us groaning, insects, animals, plants all declining, nature creaking in all sorts of ways. And there are also significant increases in the number of earthquakes and volcanoes in recent years. In fact, when I was preparing this, I did a bit of background research, and I found a graph showing how volcanoes and earthquakes have increased over the last hundred years. And the graph starts off you know, quite low hundred years ago. It stays fairly low until the last decade. The graph suddenly shoots up so we can see that you know, things are definitely happening. Nature is growing, things are happening. But there are also increases in violence. We've seen it just in Sudan in the last couple of days, all indicating that we are in the final phase of history. Now, from the biblical perspective, this is very positive groaning, as it's the groaning of childbirth, as I mentioned a while ago. This is sons and daughters of God 
are to be revealed, and it is getting closer. You know, new people are coming to Christ all the time. But for us oldest in Christ, the message is to hang on in there, despite the problems we now face. Good things are happening. But the Bible does warn us that things will progressively get worse and worse to the extent that God's people will call out the return of Jesus to bring an end to this suffering. If I can quote uh, Jesus' words in Matthew 24, it says, you, you will hear of wars and rumours of wars, but see to it that you are not alarmed. And that that's the key bit. Such things must happen, but the end is still to come. Nation will rise against nation. Interesting, the word there is ethnos, that means ethnic group. So ethnic group will rise against ethnic group, which again you can see it is happening. Kingdom will rise against kingdom. There will be famines, there will be earthquakes, as I mentioned, and all these are just the beginning for both camps. Things will speed up, things will become more frequent, they will get stronger, as is the way with both camps. Those of you who have been through labor know how it gets worse and worse, more and more frequent, more and more painful. And that is the nature of the way things are going today. So the fact that this groaning is going on tells us that the glorious future is just around the corner. So don't be alarmed. Don't be distracted when you hear of massive, a massive hurricane. Think of it as a labour pain. When you see whole areas flooded, think that's a labour When you hear of wars, yeah, it's yet another labour pain to get closer and closer. But the key thing for the church is that we remember the suffering people. We pray for them. We do our best to try and help them in any practical way we can. But all of creation is groaning for God to reveal his sons, his daughters, and restore things back to the way they were meant to be. So the passage that we read moves on from the groaning of creation to where we stand. You know, we have been saved um, from our sins, saved from destruction by the death and resurrection of Christ, which is a amen to that. We have the promise of a glorious future, but we are not yet at the end of the process of being fully adopted into God's family. It's like we've got our adoption certificates, but we haven't yet seen our Father face to face. We haven't seen our full redemption of our mortal bodies, not yet raised with Christ when he comes to meet us in the clouds, as it says in 1 Thessalonians 4. Yeah, we have the first fruits, we have the spirit within us, but we desperately need to move on from our mortal bodies with our you know, creaky knees and creaky backs and all the rest of it and wait for the redemption of our bodies. Now remember that so when your back goes or your arthritis in your hands is really playing up or some other life-limiting uh, condition arrives, you may wish to comfort yourself with the thoughts that uh, you have a new resurrection body on all. <laughs> you can pass your, your thoughts forward to the day when this will happen, that great and glorious day. The great hope, the knowledge that around us, there must be more than this. Now, what we have, we don't hope for them yet by our own efforts. Now, these things are only temporary. As Christians, we hope for what we do not yet have, the thing that is eternal the glorious future with our Creator, the day we are all waiting for. And sadly, it's a hope that the people around us don't have. So returning to my first thought, there's something amazingly wonderful is going to happen in the not-too-distant future. So be prepared. And I encourage you to cast your mind forward to, to that day, knowing that for the believer, everything will be all right in the end. And if it's not all right, it's not the end. So in every respect, 
the best is yet to come. So there may be people here today who you know don't know whether they got their adoption certificate through or not, whether they will see this glorious future or not. And if that's you, Jesus is actually offering you a very simple choice. Come to him and accept your redemption. Mm. Believe in him. And the, the glorious future can then be yours. It really is as simple as that. So if you're not sure, you know, do please speak to me or one of the other church leaders a little later on. We'll be more than happy to help you through those choices, help you through those decisions, so that you can be blessed and raised with Christ in that way. So, I want to say amen. 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 amen.